ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome back, everybody. This is another new episode of the Nosebleeds Podcast. We are recording on Monday, September 14th. Glad to have you with us here today. Alongside my partner, Jack Roche, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. A pleasure to be bringing you all the latest in baseball. Jack, I just have to say, before we get started here, it is great to be with you once again. I know. This is not the capacity we had hoped for, but... Nonetheless, it's great to sit down and talk some baseball with you, Jimmy. Absolutely. It's always great to talk baseball, but especially with you. So uh-huh. looking forward to it as we get started here. A busy week locally for the Mets and the Yankees. They're both kind of headed in opposite directions. The Yankees have won five in a row. They are at 26 and 27, currently the number seven seed in the American League. They would play the Rays in the playoffs if the season ended today. That would be entertaining. Uh, in the National League, the Mets, uh, not so much. They lost their last two. They are at 21 and 26. They are two games behind the San Francisco Giants for the eighth and final playoff spot. Each team has 13 games left to play. Jack, I am partial to my Mets here, so I think I am going to start with them. Um, they are very much headed in the wrong direction. A starting rotation that is absolutely horrid. A bullpen that at least yesterday struggled and a lineup that all year has struggled to drive in runs from scoring position. They have been doing a better job of that the last couple of weeks. But, Jack, a wildly inconsistent Mets team whose season, let's just be quite frank, is on life support with just two weeks to go in the regular season and the team two games back. Yeah, I think Fangraphs has the Mets at just shy of 27% for um, their chances of sneaking into that wild card spot with the expanded playoffs this year. And I think you nailed it right on the head when you said they're trending in the wrong direction. You know, looking ahead, they've got 13 games left and they've got series against all teams that are competing for that wild card spot, too. And the Nationals, who are only the reigning World Series champions. So, an inconsistent team with a lot of games that they really need to win is not a recipe for success. And the Mets, the irony here, they close out with the Nationals, and those are the easiest games they have remaining <laughs> by far. <laughs> it's not particularly close. But going through the rest of their schedule that you just referenced, three with the Phillies starting on Tuesday. And they're home for Atlanta, who's fighting for a division crown in their own right and they're probably going to wind up getting it if we're being honest they're starting to pull away with the east uh then they've got three with the rays and then four with the nationals i mean this is that is a hard schedule you've got the rays who are going to be competing for seeding you know all of these teams are not going to just mail it in except maybe the nationals but then by that point the mets might be out of it so we'll see where they wind up going but this is a season I don't think it's hyperbolic to say this, that it's going to be a huge failure if they miss the playoffs. You have expanded playoffs, 16 teams, a team that only missed the playoffs by a couple of games last year when it was 10. And they went out, made some moves in the offseason. They went 
pseudo all in. I'm not going to say they're all in because I think that's disrespectful to the teams that actually are and are spending that level of money. But pseudo all in and everything they've done practically in the offseason has backfired. And it's pretty hard to do that once, let alone twice. And Brody Van Wagenen has somehow, by the magical power of his will, had back-to-back just awful off-seasons. And now you've got a Mets team that is ill-equipped to uh, be seriously competitive for a championship, which is what they felt like they could be going into the season. I don't think anybody seriously believed that. But with an expanded playoffs, with it being easy to get in, I mean, you've got teams that are going to make the playoffs right now that are under 500. And the Mets are sitting here on the outside looking in again and might be a fitting end to Bernie Van Wagenen's time as GM if they miss the playoffs with a roster of misfit toys that was poorly put together from the start. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Jimmy. They've got a talented roster, and there's been a lot of pluses this season. You know, we've seen Dominic Smith. We've seen the resurgence of Robinson Cano finally squaring the ball up. I thought, uh, you know, he'd be ready to call it a career, but he's definitely proved some of those naysayers wrong. But it almost seems like that Mets season was was cursed before it even started with the, with the Carlos Beltran situation. And, you know, like Rojas has done a solid job, but – if you can't find a way to get into the postseason with eight slots, you are going to have to take a long, hard look at this roster and not just the players. This is a management and coaching thing too. Yeah, and you mentioned the roster, so we'll go through it. The lineup has been really good. I mean, Michael Conforto is having kind of a low-level MVP type year. Dominic Smith's been great now that he's getting full-time playing time. Jeff McNeil's turned it around. Pete Alonso having a down year, but, you know, he is last year hit 53 home runs, obviously. You think he's a piece you could have for the future, but let's look at, let's look at this starting rotation. So you've got Jacob deGrom, right? Might win a third straight Cy Young, 1.67 ERA. He's been terrific. Uh, and then you've got Seth Lugo, who since coming to the starting rotation has a 2.65. So both of those guys are really good. You get in a three-game series whether it's against the Dodgers somebody else those guys are going one and two easily then is where the adventure begins Rick Porcello nine starts a 6.07 ERA Jack that's a guy that you're very familiar with being a Boston Red Sox fan oh and we were talking before the show (laughs) and um yeah Rick Porcello just not bringing it for the Mets this year on a one-year deal that's a guy that you saw the last couple of years who by the way has a Cy Young I just wanted to say that I know. I, I cannot believe it. He didn't even have the most first-place votes when he won it. So, I mean, I, I really was hoping that he'd do well, but, man, it has not been a pretty year. He's got a plus-six ERA. That is not pretty. That's that's down there. I mean, didn't even have – like, what are they using, the Electoral College? Like, I don't even know, like, what that voting system is like. But anyway – Looking elsewhere, David Peterson's gotten seven starts. He's been all right, 4.68 ERA. He's up and down. He gives up a lot of contact, so that's concerning. Michael Waka, six starts, a 7.50. So Michael Waka was signed to be this, like, depth piece, right? He, they went out there. They said, you know what? We're going to sign Michael Waka as our sixth starter and hopefully never have to use him. And if you remember last year, the Mets got 150 starts from their top five guys 
which you knew was not going to happen again. And obviously, you know, whatever the number is this year, 12, 13. But they went out and got Michael Waka and Brody Van Wagenen. I will never forget him saying this, said, we have the deepest rotation in baseball. <laughs> How do you say that with a straight face? Well, the thing about Waka is he's, you know, he's been there. He's done it before. We yeah. saw what he was capable of in St. Louis, but you can't depend on him where he's at in his career. You know, it, it could be almost like a comeback, but it, he was the sixth starter for a reason. I would think. And now he's like the fourth or the third, depending on your interpretation. I don't know. And then you you look at at some of the other names who have gotten starts for the Mets this season, not even on a full-time basis. Corey Oswalt has gotten one start, four and a third innings, has a 4.15 ERA, so I would guess he gave up two earned runs, but I'm bad at math. Ariel Harado, one start, four innings, and 11-2-5. He gave up a bunch of runs in Baltimore. Walker Lockett, had one start, went six innings, gave up a bunch of runs. Robert Kesselman, four starts, nine and a third innings, and eight, six, eight. Steven Matz, five starts and a nine, and he just came off the IL. So, I mean, you've got – I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, the starting rotation – and it was only a couple of years ago that they were talking about the Mets starting rotation among the best in baseball. And now you look at it and you're like, oh, my God. If they didn't have Jacob DeGrom, they would easily be the worst in baseball. Yeah, it's, it's not pretty. That's, that's all I have to say. Yeah, it's uh, certainly uh, a little – I'm just going to say that it's tragic. How about that? I think tragedy is a good way to put this. Uh, so the Mets are struggling. They've got the Phillies tomorrow. Uh, we're filming this on Monday. They have the off day tonight, which means they can't lose. So that will maybe help them in the standings. Who knows? I think the Giants are playing tonight. I don't know, though. We'll see. Let's move over to the other uh, side of town here. And there was a great panic a couple of weeks ago with the way the Yankees were playing. And I think rightfully so. They wound up going back down to 500. Um, Garrett Cole in a postgame press conference looked like he wanted to cry because he was, like, having pitches tipped and all sorts of bad things. Uh, But they have righted the ship now. They've won five straight. They're still dealing with some serious injuries, I think it's fair to say. Right now they'd be, as we said, the number seven seed in the American League playoffs. Um, Jack, I'm curious your take on this. The the Yankees are a team that has been up and down all year, probably not going to win the American League East. Favorites for that by far, I think, are are the Rays, uh, with the Blue Jays kind of in pursuit, but but not particularly. I wonder, though, how you feel about them going into the playoffs. A lot of people say, well, this is a team you don't want to mess with. Other people are saying, this team's not good enough with all these injuries. Curious as to how you're feeling about the Yankees as they wrap up the regular season and head into the postseason, which I think we all think that they are ultimately going to make it to. I'm just going to preface this by saying it pains me to to have these words coming out of my mouth, but the Yankees are a tough out, and I understand that the Rays right now are the team to beat in the AL East, but... You've got the expanded playoffs, and they're no buys. The home field advantage is not the advantage it used to be. You've got no fans in attendance. Stanton and Judge could be back by this weekend. Voight is swinging one of the hottest bats in the league. You've got Torres 
on a hot streak. You've got Andujar coming back. This team has too many pieces to not be successful in this postseason. And I understand it's a funky scenario with this weird season. There's no other way to put it. It's strange and weird. But Garrett Cole has got the fastball back. He looked dominant as ever in his last start. And guys are only coming back. So, I cannot count this Yankees team out. And I really think that they're still the top dogs in the American league when they're healthy. Yeah. It's interesting. I want to feel that way too. And I think getting judge and getting stamp back, obviously it's a big lift, but I also see a Yankees team at least this year that has some, I'm not going to call them fatal flaws, because it's September, and you know we usually deem that in the next couple of weeks. But they have some major issues, even with guys being healthy. And you know, Aaron Boone has been much maligned this year for his management of the Yankees, and sometimes lack thereof. Um, and they, you've got a team that. You know, you're starting rotation. I mean, you're going with, what, probably Cole, Tanaka. You know, Paxton is, is an unknown. Uh, you, it remains to be seen who else you go with. I mean, you've got a bullpen that has been, you know, up and down. And it, it, a lot of it depends on who they've turned to, right? Because you've got the guys that you think you can rely on, like, you know, Zach Britton, for example, who's having a really good year. And then you look around and it's like, all right, well, Chad Green's at a 380. Not terrible, but, you know, he's been a little inconsistent. Adam Adovino's getting knocked around. Um, you know, Roldis Chapman's been inconsistent. So I think they're going to, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think we can both agree on that. Well, they've they're going gotten, to, yeah. Only got a 99% chance to make the playoffs, right? Actually, Jack, it's a 99.6. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think we can both agree they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. How they, they're going to have to get really creative with that bullpen. And I hear people make the excuse like, oh, they've had a ton of injuries. The Rays have had a ton of injuries too. I mean, they're running out some guys to start these games where it's like, I, this, this guy's making his first like, big league start and then he shoves. So I think the Yankees have some of those – serious issues and we've seen this year they've struggled against a team like the Rays and right now they would play them in the playoffs but that also remains to be seen where they wind up being seeded and whatnot but I think and I picked before the season I picked the Rays to win it all actually and um, I think the road through the American League doesn't go through the Bronx that's I actually think it goes through Tampa yeah yeah and a part of me is curious as to if a team does come out of the American League, is it because they're the best team or they just made the best of this strange, strange scenario? You know, like, I'm just so excited to see what the MLB playoffs are like after seeing all the hecticness in the NBA, you know? Like, yeah. it, it's just sports – as we know it, have changed so much. You know, there are all these new storylines, and we'll have to see how that plays out in the American League this year. 
Yeah, and I think an advantage for the Rays, believe it or not, is that playing at home is just going to – It's all their games are just going to feel like Rays games. They're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> like, not to, not to cloud on Rays fans, because I know it's, it's low-hanging fruit, but every time the Yankees and the Mets go down there, it's their highest attendance of the season because all of the retirees who worked in New York and now live in Florida go, go to the games. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, this is – no, I think – I think there's something legitimate to that. I don't know how much because you bring up an interesting point about other leagues. I've been trying to figure out how much the lack of crowds matters. And people were talking about it yesterday uh, with the NFL. And, you know, the people were thinking the Saints were going to be disadvantaged playing at home, usually in a Superdome that's among the loudest venues in the sport. And it didn't really hurt them. Um, and I think – I don't, I don't think it's a huge factor. I don't think it's front of mind like, okay, you know, four versus five is playing um, so-and-so, you know, has a big home field advantage usually. Now they don't. I'm picking the other team. It's not like that. But I, I do think there's a little bit of a factor. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's, you know, zero factor type of thing. I, I, I think there's, there is something to be said for you know a wild crowd in the playoffs like what Pittsburgh used to have when they were sing-songing the pitcher's name and he dropped the ball I, I think I think it can play a role but Jimmy it's not just the fans it's the fact that you're playing over a hundred fewer games than you did in previous seasons it's, yeah, it's, a, it's going through a non-existent spring training there's no minor leagues there's so many other factors at play that make this season so strange yeah and uh while we are on the subject uh major league baseball is currently in the process of finalizing a playoff bubble and this was from jeff pass and a couple of nights ago um and this is kind of a wild plan i'm just going to go through it here and then i'll, I'll get your thoughts uh, if you'd like but Basically, what you're going to have is the first round, the wild card round, if you will, is going to be at home parks. So there you've got probably eight different cities. NLDS will be held in Arlington and Houston. ALDS at Petco and Dodger Stadium, which would be LA and San Diego. ALCS is in San Diego. NLCS is in Texas. World Series is in Texas at the over, overpriced grill known as Globe Life Field. So you've really got – people are talking about this as a bubble or maybe a couple of hub cities. I'm looking at this. You've got like eight different hub cities, maybe up to 12, depending on who's in the playoffs and who's not. Probably a total of like 10 if, if you want to do the math that way because the Padres right now would have a home series. The Dodgers obviously would have a home series. But baseball has – just stumbled through this season, quite frankly, with the protocols and the outbreaks and all this other stuff. And now they're trying to make the playoffs safer, but also, you know, you've got to go from the NLDS to the NLCS, you might have to travel. Same from AL, uh, same from division to championship in the AL, and then maybe for the World Series. So for this purportedly being a bubble, Jack, I don't know how you feel, but I, I hear the word bubble and I, I think, okay, nobody's got to travel. There's a ton of travel here and this ought to be a very big bubble and I hope it doesn't burst. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's the the hope. And all season, I feel like the MLB has kind of just been like crossing their fingers and closing their eyes, trying to like avoid some sort of terrible outbreak. And you know, there have been delays, there have been small incidents, but for the most part, it's been a somewhat regular season, with all things considered. And you know, it doesn't really sound like a bubble, but if I'm getting playoff baseball, I'm not going to complain. I don't care where they're playing. I don't care if there's a roof. I don't care if they're all contained. As long as the players are safe, they're making smart decisions, and they get on the fields, I am a happy baseball fan. I am too. It doesn't matter who's playing in the playoffs right now, <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or maybe more accurately, who's not. But uh, I. I also uh, share that same belief. So let's let's look ahead to the playoffs here. The last uh, few minutes we've got here. I'll just run through the seating as we record this now. It might be different by the time you hear it. In the National League, you've got the Dodgers, Braves, and Cubs leading their divisions. They're one, two, and three. Then you've got second-place teams, the Padres, and I hope you're sitting down for this, the Miami Marlins, and the St. Louis Cardinals, who are about seven games behind everybody else due to their outbreak. And then you've got the two wildcard teams right now are the Phillies and the San Francisco Giants. Over in the American League, you've got the number one seed. Again, hope you're sitting down for the Chicago White Sox. And you've got the Rays and the A's leading their divisions. Uh, four, five, and six are the second-place teams, Twins, Blue Jays, and Astros. And then the two wildcard teams are the Yankees and the Indians. Jack, as you look at the teams that are in right now is there a team that you look at that you're intrigued by that maybe we're not paying attention to maybe we're not giving them enough credit maybe they can make a run and upset the apple cart here in what will be a truly uh bizarre mlb playoffs in 2020 i don't know if we're necessarily not giving any teams enough attention i think that if guys try and make like postseason brackets, it's going to be really difficult just because one baseball, you know, you see upsets in every single round. It's not like, you know, the, the one seed only means so much in a sport like baseball. And then we've seen all sorts of crazy things happen all season. I just really like the two young teams in the AL, the NL, you've got the Padres and you've got the White Sox. And I don't know if they necessarily have the veteran experience. I know the Padres made a lot of moves at the deadline. The White Sox made a lot of moves before the season even started. But it would just be great for the sport of baseball to see some young stars in Tatis. And then, um, you know, you've got Tim Anderson, you've got Luis Robert, you've got all sorts of guys in Chicago. I just really want to see those young teams make some lengthy playoff runs. I think that would be highly entertaining as well. I don't know about you. I'm still mad at Tatis for swinging on three and oh. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I every, can't forgive him. <laughs> oh my God, ever since that happened, the Padres haven't cooled off and the Rangers have completely imploded. Yeah, <laughs> that's a shame. And Jack, you bring up an interesting point when you're talking about teams like the White Sox and the Padres who don't have that playoff experience but do have really great young players. I mean, Tim Anderson is a star. Fernando Tatis might be the MVP 
in the National League. And it's not inconceivable right now. The Padres are only two and a half games back in the National League West. It's not crazy to think, and they've got a three-game series starting tonight, assuming that you know the air quality out there is, is good enough to play. And I don't say that in jest. That is a serious consideration. Sending our thoughts to all those uh, people out there, by the way. However, uh, it's not inconceivable to think that the Padres could make a run at this. And you've got the Padres and the White Sox. Right now, the White Sox would be the number one seed. We'll see you know, if that holds up. But you've got two teams that have some older guys. You know, I, I think immediately on the White Sox of a guy like Dallas Keuchel, who has been around, who's won a championship. The Padres, as you said, Jack, made a bunch of moves at the trade deadline. And A.J. Preller is going all in, like it or not. And I love what the Padres have done, both on the field and off. And I think that they're going to be fun to watch in the playoffs. We'll see how things go for them. They've got the second-best record in the National League. It's kind of hard luck that they're the fourth seed, but they've been – you know, they have as good a chance of this as anybody probably except the Dodgers. I think they're better than the Cubs. I think right now with the Braves injuries, they're probably better than the Braves. I, I love what they're doing. And if we get a Padres Dodgers playoff series, I'm going to be looking forward to that because I think the Padres are far from an easy out in a situation like this, even against maybe the best team in the league in a five game series. Yeah. The Padres are the, best recent example of how to rebuild you get you you beef up that farm organization and then you sign your star and then the young guys come out and then you trade away some of those guys that aren't ready to contribute and man they are as exciting as any team out there right now absolutely are and you know looking at the nl they would play they would play the miami marlins round one how incredible is that? The Marlins playing a thousand doubleheaders down the stretch here, like two weeks worth of games they were behind, and they sit at 23 and 21, second place in the National League East ahead of the Phillies, who have spent like crazy the last couple of years, the Mets, who thought they were a playoff team, and the defending world champion. Washington Nationals. Good for them. Good for the Marlins. Don Mattingly's the manager of the year, at least as far as I'm concerned, if. You can forget about the fact that they decided to play a baseball game over group text after four of their guys tested positive. <laughs> yeah, Derek Jeter's probably laughing at all of us right now. Absolutely. Oh, he's sitting there in that suite, just uh, like like the Vincent Price evil laugh. <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be like, I oh, see, I showed you. But it'll be, it'll be interesting playoffs, and we'll see where it goes. We'll see who makes it to the playoffs just a, a quick uh not rapid fire here that's the wrong word um do we think that the Mets make the playoffs Jack do you think they can they can get to that seven or, or eight spot I'm gonna break your heart Jimmy but I just don't see it happening they they have to go up against a lot of really good teams that are vying for that same spot as they are and consistency has been the key all year and I just don't think they have what it takes down the stretch I actually agree with you. Um, I know it's, <laughs> I know you, it's like you said, you broke my heart, but um, no, I, I think pragmatically it's true. Let's look at the Yankees here right now. They're the seven seed, just a half game behind the blue Jays. Uh, as you look at them, Jack, where roughly do you see them ending up uh, in terms of this playoff picture? We both think they're going to make it. The 
question is where do they wind up? Because that's going to be very important for them because that'll dictate who they play, whether it's the two seed or the four seed or perhaps even the number one. Yeah, I mean, they are going up against the Blue Jays right now. If they win tomorrow, they overtake them in the standings. I don't think that they're catching up to Tampa, but I do think that when some of these injured guys begin to come back, we're going to see that Yankees team we've been waiting for all season. So I'm not sure how far they're going to climb in the standings, but I think they're on that upwards trajectory. Yankees going up, Mets going down, rest of the league as it has been all year. Just hanging on. Another episode of the Nosebleeds for my partner, Jack Roach. And shout out our producer, Juliana Burke, for getting around my policy key madness. I'm Jimmy Sullivan saying so long and thank you for listening.